What the If is brought to you by listeners like you, thanks to our Patreon members, patreon.com slash whattheif. Go there now and find out how you can become a member and get all kinds of cool rewards. Thank you for supporting our mission for science education and science fun. Welcome to what? (coughs) (laughs) If clear your throat and wake up edition every morning. Did I just pass on the waking up part of that? Yeah. Just, no reason. What we the can't, if is this? Sh- no reason we can't do this from lying in bed, right? That's right. <laughs> what the if is the sleep challenge program, um, uh, especially so for our, for our guests. So I'll bring our guest. I'll bring in, in a moment. Um, for those who don't know, we record uh, first thing in the morning because that uh, that sort of allows our staff to go to work. Because apparently, what the if doesn't pay well enough. <laughs> uh, well, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we recorded the morning. And um, today is very exciting. I'm very excited. We're bringing in a guest from the other side of the sleep cycle. Um, our guest this week is an automotive journalist who has an interest in safety through education. And uh, he is Robert Pepper, auto journo from Australia. Robert, how are you? Good. Good evening to you. Good evening. Yes, and um, it is 11 p.m. where I am at the moment. So yeah, my day's about done. Whereas yours starting isn't the magics of time zones. I mean, you got to wonder what the world would be like if there was no time zone. Eh? Where could we find information on that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we should, well done. We should get some podcasters to do an episode on that. Yeah. Yes, and I think we was that last week's show brought uh, it was Matt, recent we, anyway i can't remember if it was last it was week, recent but, yeah. yes it was very recent uh and that was uh supplied to us and we did give you full credit robert you did you did thank you for yeah. that yeah yes yes uh recent episode uh, about times and check out we also slightly related to that too robert was a long time ago matt and i did an episode uh about flat earth what if the earth were flat mm. and then also would uh we would all be able to go to sleep at the same time i would be one well that that would make sense wouldn't it yeah um don't know don't know how we'd go go um sleeping without much gravity but yeah (laughs) yeah exactly exactly um so uh robert you are on youtube and uh very popular channel and here's one but the thing that's fun is the name so people can find you on youtube by going to robert pepper auto journal or they can go to l2sbc L2SBC. When I first heard that, I thought, is that a ham radio uh, identification number? And it's not. Is it a license plate? Do you have that on your license plate? And tell people what it means. L2SBC. I I do have it on my license plate. Yeah. So Uh, L2SFBC stands for life's too short for boring cars. And you see, with something like a car, it's usually the second most expensive thing you own after your home or your coffee machine. Oh. <laughs> and it's it's also something you spend a lot of time inside. So you really want to enjoy it. And it's not that hard to find a car that you really enjoy. And one of the marks of knowing that you've bought the right car is when you go to lock it, you walk away, you turn back and you give it a little smile. Uh-huh. And that, that's how car, car people know that they bought the right cars because – 
Life's too short for boring cars, Philip. Hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, that's a very good. Now, now here, here's the interesting thing. I, uh, not being a particularly adventurous person, unfortunately, um, at least in, in the mode of uh, <clears throat> automobiles, I used to own a Toyota Camry. And the reason I okay, owned it, we're going to stop talking right now because that's that that is that is it was the quintessential boring car. Quintessential boring car. Now it was a very nice. It was and, and I bought it because it was known for being one of it required the least maintenance on it. And I kept it. yeah. However, you are at the opposite end of the spectrum. You you lead an exciting automotive life. Is that right? How, how did you get into that? How did you get into being? Well, well, first of all, I'm not really going to be rude about the Camry because it does fulfill an important place right. in the automotive landscape. It is the equivalent of a boiled potato. It will do absolutely nothing. It certainly won't excite you, but it will yeah. provide low, con um, low maintenance, low cost, trouble-free, comfortable motoring, um, yeah, and yeah, the other thing is it's completely anonymous. It's right. the difficulty of owning a Camry is you come back to it and you forget where you parked and you just walk in. Oh, bang, oh, I must have walked into it. There it is. I didn't even notice. Um, so there's nothing wrong with a Camry um, in the same way there's nothing wrong with, with eating white bread and all <laughs> day. All, all, all so. That's right. That's um, right. Now, if I... Of course, I could actually answer your question. And <laughs> how did I get into cars? Well, my hobby before cars was aeroplanes, um, specifically mm. gliding. Yeah. And wow. um, I was living in New Zealand, but the company I was working for was sending me to Australia. So I'd get on an aircraft every morning, fly to Australia from New Zealand, work there and come back on Friday and Friday night oh. um, and then my hobby was flying gliders and I was an instructor so I taught people how to fly um, now oh. I had a girlfriend at the time who um, later managed to slip a ring onto my finger um, and she was not overly impressed with me being away for five days coming back and saying hi and then going out to an airfield for another two days and mm -hmm. sitting yes. in more aircraft etc so I tried to get her to learn to fly. Um, yeah. This this did not work. Um, complete failure. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to give up flying, but I need something else in my life which is exciting and interesting, but something she can enjoy as well. And that something turned out to be four-wheel driving and off-roading. So yeah. once she got over her fright of sliding down hills and getting bogged and everything else and acclimatized to that, she kind of liked the travel and the people and um, yeah. and I liked the technical challenge of driving. And then that led me into more things automotive and that leads me to where I am today. Nice. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. Although I'm, I'm amazing. Being in a glider to, to me is one of those things that must be just incredible oh it's incredible experience. um for, for anyone out there um go learn to fly a glider not a powered aircraft i've done both mm. um and, and gliding is is harder it's more rewarding and and it's cheaper um the only mm. thing i put ahead of a glider would be a helicopter um yeah. and they'd be beyond awesome yeah wow. yeah that would be amazing that'd be amazing um matt do you have a you live in the city do you have a car i do not have a car um yeah we did uh, when we first got here because we had previously lived in other parts of America where a car was needed. Um, but then, um, you know, I live in a neighborhood where you can walk to anywhere you need to get to. 
Um, so nowadays, uh, so we sold it some years ago and we rent a yeah. car um, whenever we actually need to drive somewhere, which actually has an interesting side effect, which is that I get to drive new cars on a regular basis or at least new ish. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting um, because I do get exposed to different kinds and models than I would. Um, the downside is that every time I get into a rental car, I have to spend half an hour figuring out yeah. how the gear shift works on this and what the controls yeah. are and what this button is. And and sometimes I just have to give up like, OK, I just won't operate the radio this time. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. The um, uh, or figure out how to connect your phone to the thing. Exactly. That's always an interesting yeah. challenge. Yeah, look, uh, Matt, um, don't feel bad. I I'm a car journalist and sometimes I have trouble figuring this stuff out and um, I can actually tell you why it's getting to be so hard yeah. because soft uh, because car makers have realized that it's cheaper and easier to put a lot of controls on a touch screen uh, rather than build physical controls mm -hmm. so now you've got to go yeah. pressing different screens and and um, parts of screen touching and swiping to get somewhere, whereas previously it was a button or a lever or a dial in plain sight and you could touch it. Now, this actually has a negative effect because it's not good for usability. You see, mm. you can operate levers, dials, and switches by touch. You cannot operate a touch screen. Um, well, you can operate it by touch, but you've got to look at it. And, and yeah. that's a distraction. So whilst cars are getting safer generally, I believe that the advent of the touchscreen is in fact a safety negative and should be <laughs> reined in by the authorities. That's really interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because with physical controls, um, let's hear how to say it. I feel like there, there's an analog to the space occupied to the fact that there is a task to be done, right? If I see yeah. a physical button there, I say, okay, that does something. And then I poke it and figure out what it is, right? Um, but with touch screens, as you say, I can have functions totally hidden and I don't even know that that function exists unless I explore all of the submenus, which is of course impossible, right? Um, exactly. And um, the other thing is, um, you may have heard of the subscription services. If, you know, we're moving to a world of subscription. You know, we don't buy CDs. We have a Spotify um, subscription. We have a Netflix subscription. Same way with cars. Now, um, BMW became famous recently for charging a subscription service. So you want yeah. air conditioning? That's a subscription. You you want wow. heat? Yeah. yeah. Look, um, all sorts of things you can turn on and off as a subscription. Now, you can much more easily do that if it's simply a software menu you reconfigure. Because if it's yeah. a switch, you can't just make the switch disappear or not, depending on how much of your hard-earned cash you're <laughs> forking over to the manufacturer. So that's another reason they're doing it. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Really interesting. So as we uh, make our way to the IF uh, for this week, which we will unveil with great fanfare, as we always do. So prepare yourself. The world is about to change. Your world's about to change, uh, at least for the next hour or so. Um, but uh, in leading up to that, I remember way back in the old days, I had a Garmin um gps system that you could you put in a car it was like a had a big old gigantic heavy box with a screen on it and a big hockey puck antenna that you threw up on the dashboard and you would have to update the maps i remember by going online that was the first time i think i had anything in a car that actually was downloading something sky um so uh first of all um matt could you help our listeners understand what you know 
they're about 10 minutes in here and, and some people, if they're brand new, might feel like they've gone off road. Uh, well, What's I should happened? say they're not wrong. Um, they've yeah. gone off reality, as it were. Um, yes. So what we do here is we change up the world. Um, we pick something um, uh, and change it. So what if there is no gravity? Yeah. What if shirts only had one armhole? Um, and then we run with the consequences uh, and kind of improvise an entirely new world from that. And hopefully we learn something along the way. Indeed. I like that. Shirts had only one armhole. Interesting. Perhaps not the most thrilling if, but, you know. I don't know. Well, it could be. It could, mm -hmm. it could develop into a very interesting situation. Um, so, uh, Robert, uh, you're going to help us. You come this week with an if. And that has to do with um, self-driving cars. And so um, you, you were going to tell us, first of all, before we announce it, we're going to just get into it. Do you, uh, have you, have you ever ridden in a self-driving car? No, I haven't. But I have driven, ridden in a car which I basically wasn't designed as a self-driving car, but it... <clears throat> But it did self-drive because um, <laughs> I, I just let it drive across an airfield. Um, so the answer to that is is yes and no. If you put a four-wheel drive into low range and then just bring the clutch up, it will then continue driving wherever you go. And then, um, you know, someone may have got onto the roof and danced, but maybe someone did <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a hell of a day. Yeah. Um, and so that naturally leads us to ask, what the if? Cars were self-driving. What if cars had a mind of their own and could dance on their own roofs? Roofs. <laughs> Self-dancing cars. What if cars could drive on their own? The mind reels. So uh, I asked you, Robert, before the show, and I was surprised by the answer. Uh, are there any self-driving cars in the wild now? Can, can yes, anyone have are. one? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, yes, there are companies like um, Google, or one of its subsidiaries, and Apple and others um, do have them in the wild. They've logged many miles, and they've hardly killed anyone or had hardly any accidents. <laughs> certainly um, fewer than, than the equivalent um, humans, but um, they are yeah. under very controlled circumstances and locations. And you are unable at this point in time to go to your local car dealership. I know that you would anymore. You probably just order it online and, and a self-driving car delivers itself to your door. That wow. Not, wow. not yet okay. there. Yeah, that um, is wild. So why is that? Why aren't they? Because we hear talk about self-driving cars constantly. So why aren't they in everybody's garage? Yeah, basically the, the, the technology isn't good enough for them to work reliably um, to the point where we can really trust them. Now, the interesting thing is that I think that they're going to have to be way better than humans because at the moment they're arguably better than humans in, in the areas they're at, but that doesn't seem to be good enough because as soon as one particular um there's an accident there. It's okay. Well, that was a self-driving car. So it was human drivers kill kill people all the time and mm -hmm. injure people all yeah. the time. 
The other thing that needs to be worked out, and and this is true of all technology, but perhaps more so in in self-driving cars than anything else we've ever done, is ethics and Mm. morality and legal liability. Because if a self-driving car has an accident, who's at fault? Um, And Mm -hmm. the ethics, the morality, the, the, the legal framework inevitably lags behind that and we need to do some serious thinking about that we can talk about the trolley problem a bit later on um so that's why and now they're undoubtedly coming society will um, will shift its mindset technology will improve ever further and what's likely to happen is exactly what we're seeing at the moment they'll, they'll start to be used in um, very controlled circumstances central business districts for example where um and then will slowly expand out and we're also going to um going to be seeing um cars which can go into self-driving mode so when a car enters a zone where it knows what it's doing it will it can go self-driving when it comes out of that zone the human will will take over when i say take over the human will drive but it will still be assisted there's actually six different levels of self-driving car from zero um, which means complete manual to five which is full manual and at the moment we're um, you can buy cars which are about level two with hints of yes. level three. Mm, interesting. I know I've, I, Dan, like you were saying, you've rented cars in lieu of owning one. And I, in, in New York, that's how it is. I don't have a car either. Um, but we happen to have, um, in my apartment building, happens to have zip cars in its garage, which is a car share yeah. service, mm-hmm. car rental service. And so, um, but when you, yeah, when you rent cars, you often get uh, the newer models. And I've been in ones which have, they totally feel like they're, so close to self-driving. I mean, it's got the lane, got, it, it senses the lane markers, it moves, it's got cruise control, and it's got radar put pointing ahead. The steering wheel turns when it notices curves. Um, it seems like we're... It, Robert, it seems like the technology is totally in the cars, even. We're just not yet quite there uh, legally. Yeah, look, it, it, it's the it's the eighty twenty rule, right? I mean, eighty percent mm. of the effort. Sorry, twenty percent of the effort gets you eighty percent of the way there. It, it's that it's that last little bit, and it's also the testing of um, unforeseen consequences as mm. well. Yeah, um, and and again, with, with cars, there's so many different ways to to go, for things to go wrong. Um, one of the reasons a self-driving car crashed was because um, someone on the bicycle rode in front of it and it couldn't figure mm. out whether it was a bicycle, couldn't figure it out as a pedestrian, um, and and mm. basically threw itself in a glitch and um, and went and, and, and crashed. Mm. Um, and then you consider um, every sensor has has problems. Right. I mean, um, there's there's stereo eyesight that doesn't work well in in low vision conditions. Um, low yeah. sun, for example, you can have lidar, you can have radar, you can have all sorts of things there, and you can go. Um, I'll give you another example: a truck with a large pole out the back with a red flag on the end of the pole. Now that may not be picked up by by things like radar or lidar, um, so it might go into into the back of that. So the technology is largely there, but it needs to get better. Um, and in two ways. First of all, the, the sensors, the data inputs. Secondly, the processing of what you do with that data. And then thirdly, um, to some extent, um, the infrastructure. So yeah. possibly um, better defined lanes, et cetera, so that, so that uh, cars can pick up on that. Yeah, totally. Uh, one time I did, this is actually boy, a bunch of years ago, I was in Pittsburgh and took an Uber, and it was a self-driving Uber. 
and it had a driver in it oh. just for they were because they were still testing it. But I know I think uh, Uber actually canceled that program at some point, and they decided it wasn't uh, technology wasn't there, or they just weren't ready for. Yeah, or they just needed to cash for other things. But Uber would yeah. love to get rid of human drivers because that's its that's its biggest expense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. The same true for a lot of. I mean, um, and then, then then we come it come into the future of humanity's employment because the transport yeah. sector is an absolutely. Um, massive, massive employer in terms of drivers. But you know what? Beyond that, let's look at the implications of self-driving cars on industry, which are immense. So self-driving cars are unlikely to ever crash, unlikely to ever crash, because 95% plus of crashes are due to human error. So you're going to massively reduce that. That means your insurance company is really going to have nothing to do. Your crash repair is going to have nothing to do. (laughs) When all cars are electric, the vast majority of parts in a car and maintenance for a car is due to the internal combustion engine and the, um, yeah. and the transmission. With an electric car, it's a super simple motor which needs really no maintenance. There's no wow. transmission. There's no gears. Wow. Just a direct drive there. So your mechanical shops, your workshops are going to go out, um, out of business because they'll have very little to do. There's only so many times you can charge people to put um, – Top, um, air pressure in tires, for example, or change cabin filters, yeah. like, like that. Yeah. Um, so, so that's going to change as well. And when we get to self-driving cars, well, you guys don't own a car. Who's going to who's going to need to own a car? You'll simply just whistle one up on an app mm-hmm. when it's there. So, yeah. you won't you won't need a garage in your house. That will be great. Right. Wow. Um, well, yeah. that will disappear, and yeah. there won't need to be parking places. You know, you just get dropped off by your self-driving car, walk into the mall, into the office, and it will go. You won't need to park per se. The self-driving cars will either just continue circulating, or maybe go and park themselves out of town and come back in. Um, yeah, who knows? And then, then um, you've also got. Um, I mean, there won't be any driving driving licenses, so. At the moment, young people can't drive. People with disabilities can't drive. Very old people can't drive. Well, all of that's going to go. Everyone will be able to drive. Is probably the one we need. We need to come up with a new term. Um, <laughs> be transported. Be, be transported by a car-like object. I think is <laughs> yeah. okay. um, yeah. something like that as well. And then you know, for me as a as a certified petrol head, I don't know if you have that term in the, in the USA, but a car enthusiast, that, yeah. what replaces cars in our culture? And now we're already seeing that because back when uh, we were young, I'm presuming you guys are, are north of 40, um, yeah. as indeed am I, although mm. I don't obviously look it. No, neither um, do we. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, 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 when we were teenagers and so forth, you wanted a car, right? You wanted yeah. a car because – that was the way to see the world. That was the way to see the friends. That that was that was the big status symbol. Right. Yeah. And that was in the day when if you wanted to talk to your friend, you actually had to get on your bike or walk and go see them, or you had to go to and this is this is a scary horror story I tell my kids. I said, Imagine if there was just one telephone in the house <laughs> and everybody could hear you. Yeah. <laughs> 
to, you, you, you'd have to put your finger in this thing and you dial and then you'd want to speak to your friend, but it'd never be your friend that picked it up. It would always be a scary phone. Hello, can I speak to James, please? And you'd be shaking with fear this, and everyone could overhear. Um, nowadays, of course, kids are in their bedrooms with 4K high definition, so they don't need to get in a car. Mm-hmm. And yeah. of course, the prized yeah. possession is no longer a car, it's the latest Samsung or iPhone or whatever else. And yeah. then once we get to the point where um, we have self-driving cars, no one's going to care about them anymore, any more than we care about our fridges or our microwaves. Oh. Now, for pretty much every single car, you can go to Facebook and type in that car's um, name and model, and there will be an enthusiast group, except, of course, for the camera. I mean, that, that's the obvious yeah. one. There'll be one for Lotus or Jeep, etc. And yeah. there'll be many. There'll be, you know, Jeep Wrangler, JK, Jeep Wrangler, YJ, um, yeah. you know, all sorts of things. And that's going to disappear. So people are going to have to find something else. And where will they transfer their affections, you know? Um, There's Mm no... There's no Facebook group for, I don't know, Samsung refrigerators as far as I'm aware. Better just check Right, that. right, yeah. right. Yeah, so that's right. a pretty important point you've brought up here is that the role of cars, at least here in the U.S. and I infer in Australia as well, um, is not just practical, right? It's not just a tool for getting you from place to place. Um, but people, yeah. but it's a status symbol. It allows a certain kind of social mobility along with physical mobility. Um, it's an identity thing. Right. People feel differently about the car that they have and they own. Um, So are those how are those kinds of questions going to get shaped by the self-driving car? Well, um, that's really just speculation, I I guess. I mean, um, um, I think self-driving cars, people are just not going to care about the self-driving car Mm. in the way that they care about the Mm. driven car. Um, And it will just become an appliance, which means nothing more to us. I mean, the. Do, do either of you guys know the make and model of your refrigerator? Yeah. No. No, I got nothing. No. Exactly, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, whereas most people would know the make and model of their car. And if you're a car enthusiast, you'd know the make and model, the year, the engine registration, um, exactly what tyres you've got on it, the dimensions of this, that, and the other. You'd be able to reel it all up because that's what you talk on Facebook all that. And, um, you know, um, how many people have you seen on Facebook with a fridge or a microwave as their profile photo? I'll bet none. Mm. How many people have you seen on Facebook with, with a car as their profile photo? Lots. It's interesting, too, because it makes me think, uh, just thinking about this idea of a car as your, part of your identity, is that uh, the refrigerator belongs to the entire, to everyone that lives in the house, let's uh, say. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Same with appliances, right? The washing machine, the microwave, and all that kind of stuff. And the, I can see how the car, like, you, even, even if your household owns a self-driving car, I mean, I, I think earlier you were sort of implying, Robert, there, the idea that maybe they'd just be all a part of some public service or, yeah. you know, you, you, you pay a license to the city and it's just they come and get you. But um, uh, even if you did own it, again, it would be a household device. There'd be no reason for you for your kids to have a separate car from you or the husband and wife to have separate cars. You can yeah, share it. exactly. Yeah. Now, um, um, can I bring up the subject of flying cars? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because because I thought about this, and you know, again, when 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 we were when we were young, you know, just a couple of years ago, yeah. um, it was all okay. When is the flying car going to be? Mm-hmm. And you'd, you'd look at books, yeah. and it would be um, a car with wings sprouting out of it, and yeah. you know, the biggest guy 
kissing um, his 1950s housewife goodbye and getting in with his bowler hat and tie and everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but I have thought about how we are going to transition to flying cars, mm. and it's this. So the first thing to know about uh, not um, self-driving cars is that they are very clever at driving in harmony. So Man. they're effectively not going to make mistakes. That They can train so they can drive very close to each other. They can only just miss each other wow. with, with perfect accuracy. Right? Now, imagine a really long stretch of highway or freeway or motorway. I don't know the term that you use in the US. Um, it, it's, it's 100 miles long, right? And mm -hmm. there's no really no turn off there. Now, that's perfect for, for self-driving cars. Yeah. But... And, and imagine a self-driving car being able to reach quite a high speed there. Now, at some point, it becomes more efficient not to have wheels. Yeah. So what we simply do is we, we simply retract those wheels, and we're going fast enough that there's sufficient aerodynamic lift from the car in order to fly just above the road. And when you fly yeah. just above a, a surface like the ground, you actually get an aerodynamic benefit called ground effect. Yeah. So that's what you do. And then you're flying along in your car, but you're kind of it's, – it's like – it's the same as driving, but the wheels are just off the ground. Mm -hmm. And you, you're, you're propelled by some means I haven't quite figured out yet, but we'll, we'll come to that. Yeah. And so you do that for a bit, but you're only flying maybe two, three feet off the ground, and you do that for 100 uh, miles or something like that. Then we transition to sort of making a bit of a jump. Okay, we're going to jump from this freeway to the next freeway, go up to maybe 100 feet and come back down. Ah. And then we transition a bit further and we make further jumps in these self-driving now car planes, as, as we might call plane uh -huh. cars. Uh -huh. and, and before you know it, that's how self-driving cars come out. You're not going to an airport. You're just simply going to a freeway, gathering speed fast enough, and then you're jumping to the next freeway or something like that. And then you land on a freeway you know, as on your way into the next city, and then you revert to a car again. That's really interesting. You sort of open up a new, and this might come from the glider pilot in you. Uh, you open <laughs> up a kind of a new, a new zone of flying that we don't often think about, which is that it's more like a hover car, essentially, or that. Yeah, that it is. It is. Yeah. Um, and in fact, um, Russia famously built a. I I don't know what the term for it is, but but an aircraft which skimmed um, the surface of the um, water of the ocean and it, it flew in ground effect. Um, yeah. In fact, a hovercraft basically does work in ground effect. And then yeah. um, if we continue that analogy, well, you can take your plane car off the freeway and you can then just go over the ocean or a lake because it's the right. same thing. Right. Because right. It, it, is, it is working in ground effect. So I think yeah. what that would be. Then less need for bridges because you'll yeah, just scoot yeah. over the water. How cool would that Not be? Not much need for oh. roads either, either, right? Yeah, exactly. Less and less. And in fact, one thing you're not going to need with self-driving cars is road signs. <laughs> oh, okay. wow. That's interesting. That's a, I tell you, the thing is you're pointing out is uh, when you were talking about all the ways it would change both employment, the economy, and then the physical structure of, of our world. It is astounding the, the, the number of like and they're and they're so common to us that we're, we're they're almost invisible to us. Like when you said as soon as you said street signs, it wouldn't need street signs. You realize, oh wow, yeah, those things are everywhere and are such a part of our experience. Um, you know, Robert Crumb, the great uh, kind of a cartoonist, um, used to draw these very very realistic looking 
scenes in his comic books. And um, they were full of one of his sort of inventions or one of his great stylistic traits was the scenes in his uh, comic books were not clean, futuristic places or anything like that. They were full of telephone poles and uh, mailboxes and lampposts and all like the clutter, you know, and he called it just sort of the modern clutter that fills our world that we're usually blind to. Um, cars are, are one of those things. Um, so, Matt, you, I could imagine, uh, can your kids drive yet? Are they old? Not well, old the, getting so there. this is a, a good question about life in, in New York. Yeah. Um, it's because yeah. we don't have a car and because it's not a car culture here. Um, a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers in New York don't have to learn how to drive um, because yeah. they get that independence through public transportation. So my kids have been able to go wherever they wanted when they wanted since they were like 12, right? Um, yeah. Unlike when I grew up in the suburbs and as Robert was saying, the getting the driver's license was essential for having a social life and being kind of a real person. So on one hand, yeah. it just wasn't a real big deal for them. And they figured they wouldn't ever bother learning how to drive. Um, but then one summer, they spent the summer with their grandparents who live out in the middle of the country. Um, and uh. their grandfather says, you want to learn how to drive? <laughs> and they say, sure, <laughs> just to kind of, you know, to pass the time. And then they discovered right. that they really like being behind the wheel. Like it's, it's yes. still thrilling yes. and powerful. Yeah. Um, so yeah. now we still don't have a car for them to practice on, uh, but they have their permits, which is just a test they take. Um, and they kind of bug us about it regularly. They're like, so when are we going to get our licenses? And I'm like, well, I don't know, because you can't practice and you can't take the test because you don't have a car to take the test in. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they're both going off to college in the fall. Um to and in the U.S. outside New York, it's really hard to survive without a car. So uh, I yeah. expect that they will figure out a way to get their licenses soon. Yeah, all I'm gonna say, even with the younger generation, and I, I've heard this from a lot of friends who live in L.A., um, Los Angeles, the, the number of um, young people who just take Uber or you just take car car share all ah, the time okay. is pretty high. Because uh, ultimately, yeah. it's, it could be cheaper, I can imagine. Yeah, it is. And in fact, in some places, um, the, I guess the Uber culture is so great, um, houses are being built without kitchens. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> without kitchens? Yeah, because... Because, because they get food delivered? or um, Yeah, because if, if that, that's what you do, then you don't really need the expense of a kitchen, particularly if, if space is tight. So yeah. the, the, the house of the future may have no garage and, and no kitchen. Interesting. Although technically, I guess my apartment also has no kitchen. It's in the living room. So, yeah, I can see that. Uh, everyone, everyone will become like a New York uh, apartment. Um, so let's go to the future now. So we have, uh, we, we like to hit, as, uh, as you might say in Australia as well, we, hit the, we put the pedal to the metal as we get towards the end of our show. And uh, we go way into the future. So we're in the future. We've got um, hover cars, flying cars, all self-driving Um what what strikes me is that um, I just had a thought, and I'm curious to see what you, you also think, uh, Robert. But um, that technology, we're actually going to say we see it spinning off, but in some ways it may be going the other way around into other appliances. For instance, I have a uh, it's not a Roomba, but it's yeah, I would say made by another company, but it's automated vacuum cleaner robot, and uh, it's totally self driving. It's a self driving 
vacuum. Mm -hmm. We have drone toy drones or a lot of drones we use in uh, video photography and things like that, right? Those are everywhere. Those are unbelievably sophisticated the way they fly. Um, so what way we see, Robert, we can see like a full flowering of just basically any kind of robotic thing that we can imagine, I, I would think, right? It's, it's, it's drive itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, um, self-driving trains are a lot easier to that program and develop than um, self-driving cars. Um, yeah. Self-driving airplanes, to some extent, are actually easier because you don't need to deal with roads. Um, yeah. And in fact, um, um, aircraft have been self-driving with autopilot for quite a while. Um, That's right. I, I did at one at one point in my life um, want to become a professional pilot, but I'm glad I didn't have because everything I enjoy about flying is not really what you do in an airliner. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll see that as well. We'll see the vacuum cleaners. Um, essentially, a lot of things are just going to be anything that can move um will will move by itself and there'll be less and less human guidance required which begs the question of what we're all going to end up actually doing yeah that's right so that's yeah. i think a lot of the anxiety uh, about this that we hear from people is so you know all the truckers are out of work um and you're suggesting that also the car repair people will be out of work because there won't be any well, accidents insurance companies have gone under um is this an enormous economic dislocation are there unemployed people wandering the streets because we don't have these jobs anymore i i look i mean it, it's it's tempting to say oh there will be newer jobs created and mm -hmm. inevitably that will be the case i mean there'll be chat gpt prompt experts and so forth but <laughs> yeah. um I, I kind of feel that the total amount of jobs will, will, will decrease and also for people that are good with their hands there'll be just less need um to mm. do that because there will be helper things. I mean, things will become more reliable. Internal combustion engines disappearing will remove a lot of complexity from the world and maintenance from the world, etc. Mm -hmm. Robots will be able to do a lot of things then. Um, things will become more reliable. So I, I'd love to teleport a thousand years into the future and see what we've actually done. Who's going to be doing what work and how will we do it? Or will we just have to um, ditch capitalism and money and work from some form of happiness-based society? But yeah. Um, who, who knows? I mean, it, this could trigger a fundamental shift in, in how we exist as humans. Um, we, we, we might need to get rid of our I do something for money um, sort of system of life here. I don't know. Oh, wow. That would be amazing if, if <laughs> a little thing, <laughs> a relatively little thing like, I wonder if my car could drive itself suddenly overthrows global capitalism and <laughs> introduces an yeah. entirely new social and economic form. Um, yeah. yeah, well, well Philip, Philip did say jump into the future, yeah. so I jumped. That's yeah. right. That's that's great. Well, it mm -hmm. is. I mean, we we haven't we haven't yet made the connection, but in fact, it's obvious that a self driving car is a robot. Yeah, we just haven't. We, we're afraid of robots, mm -hmm. but we're not yeah. afraid of self driving cars. Unless I imagine if you're employed, like you said, as a driver of some kind, you are afraid of that. But um, uh, it's a robot. And um, makes me think of even you were talking about how cars that could hover and go over. Reminds me in Minority Report, um, the Spielberg movie mm -hmm. based on a Philip K. Dick story. Uh, they show like highways can go at any angle they want. You know, they can go yeah, vertical. Right. It's basically a magnetic highway. Things, yeah. Up the side mm -hmm. buildings and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
<laughs> I just had to say, but you talked about a happiness-based economy or something. I had this image of like humans, no matter what transformation happens to society, humans find some activity that makes them happy. And then as soon as they do, robots come along and take it and say, oh, well, I'll do that. let me do that for you. <laughs> yeah, well, look, what I think will happen, and this has been explored in sci-fi movies, is that um, the virtual world will become so enticing, we'll just want to plug ourselves into it and ah, not disappear. Yeah. And to some extent, we're actually seeing that with people in, in computer games who just lock themselves up for days and get addicted to computer games, and they prefer... Yeah that world to the real world now um this could this we're only at the beginning um yeah. of, of this now if you do that well you know you kind of don't need to cook you can just be fed by an intravenous drip yeah um, and and then you don't need anything and, and if the virtual world is better than the real world mm, yeah uh, why do you want to unplug yeah well i don't know if i would if i could experience everything i could in the real world and it would feel the same um Screw the real world. I'm staying the virtual. Yeah, and I just had an image. You just took us to the complete, the other end of the journey of the self-driving cars, which is all the self-driving cars, all transportation gets abandoned. Yeah. And so whenever infrastructure mm -hmm. there was built for self-driving cars, it's rusting and rotting outside, all over the landscape. You know, all the, the helicopter cars are crash. Exactly, because um, ultimately... Look at why we need to transport ourselves. There'll be a lot less need. To, I mean, there's there's less need to transport people now because we're all comfortable with hybrid working and Zoom yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So that's going to decrease. Then if you can you can just enjoy life through virtuality, there's less need again. Um, so there's just simply less less need less need to transport anything. So ultimately, um, we could all just end up being plugged into computers and just in effect, transport ourselves there. And you know what we, we'd have? We, we'd have 1950s cars to drive down with manual transmissions That's and right. so forth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it would come, come full circle. Yeah, the Matrix. The Matrix always, it always comes back to the Matrix. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah such I love a great the image vision. of, of uh, globe-spanning highways that no one even remembers what they were for anymore, right? Yeah. Somebody does yeah. happen to yeah. look out their window one day and they're like, what is all of that? Um, yeah. But just yeah. nobody remembers because yeah. they don't they don't have to go anywhere anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it will be as archaic as the concept of having a single telephone in a house. And, yeah. you know, I only said to my kids, look, when the phone rang, you didn't know who, who it was on the other end. You're going, what? Yeah. What <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. didn't you know who it was? And, um, and, and even think things like, okay, you know, back in the day, we used to carry around a tiny little pouch, and in that pouch, we had brightly colored bits of paper and bits of metal, and we would walk into the shops and we would yeah. <laughs> select from these bits of paper and metal and hand them over to the shopkeeper yeah. um, in return for food. And they were going, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, all I've ever known is, is, is um, you know, the, the crowd knows when I'm hungry and it automatically Uber eats what I want. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what is this? Yeah. You know? yeah. In fact, I, I just had a vision actually of perhaps, perhaps the self-driving cars don't all rust and rot because they all have become sentient beings, right? Or they're at least artificial intelligence machines, um, which they are. And so they would keep going because they, in fact, they, you know, then there's the other version of the thing where essentially they have no, no more need for humans. And so they dispatch with us, you know, well, why do we have to do what they want? We can go anywhere we want, mm -hmm. you know? And so the self-driving cars become 
sentient and then a whole new society of uh, flying robots. Uh, yeah, well, that's it. why we need to make sure that um, the laws of robotics, um, courtesy of Isaac Asimov and, yeah. and others who come after him, are programmed in properly so that um, they, they don't become sentient. Or if they do become sentient, um, um, then uh, they, they don't they don't hurt us. Um, but then yeah. again, um, if they do enslave us and give us a better life, would that be such a bad thing? Well, that's one of the questions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as they feed us Big Macs, you know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If you've got everything you're taking care of, I mean, everyone at the moment we've created uncertainty, right? I mean, um, we live longer, but we but we just slave away, working and working and working, and we're worried about our retirement. We're worried about our health and our stress. And um, the problem I see it is that technology generally has changed so much over the last 300 years and our minds and bodies haven't evolved anything like enough we've still basically got the body and mind of a caveman and we yeah. instead we're, we're sat down for most of the day um we're eating foods we're not meant to eat we're not taking the exercise we're meant to take and the exercise we do take is on computers uh, computers and keys and, and our bodies are not designed for that hence we get um strain injuries and yeah. um you know it'd be much easier if we could just do away with the body and just just become a purely um i guess energy-based life form yeah absolutely but just, absolutely. just how, how far in the future did you want to go for that because <laughs> no i like it no that's great do, do you want me to keep going you know because yeah. I, I can jump another millennia or two if it's you like. very good it's that's very good well, yeah we don't we usually wind get up. to go a million years into the future that's nice yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go. I'm, 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 I'm there for it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. As we wrap it up, one million years in the future, go. One million, okay, million years in the future, we are all pure energy-based forms, right? There yes. is no car, there is no house, there is nothing um, like that. The concept of work is no longer relevant. The only um, moving objects are robots which are controlled by us and they just uh, exist to keep, in effect, the cloud which contains all of us um, intact. And that is also how we're going to do interstellar travel, which we need to do because we all know the Earth is going to, um, well, become rather hot and we'd better get the hell out of here before that happens. Yeah, 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 I like it. Matt, how about you? You wake up one million years in the future and uh, what's your morning like? Well, I would would like to think that there's some still, there's still some, a uh, really well-designed, self-maintaining, automated car that's waiting there yeah. for its next instruction, and it's perfectly patient. So it's been waiting for a million years, um, occasionally right, right, right. changing its own oil. Um, yeah, but everybody yeah. has forgotten exactly uh, what it was for um, until one day somebody comes out and just starts talking to it because. I don't know. They're drunk or something, um, yeah. and it and it happily takes us to uh, some unknown place. It's been updating its maps, um, maintaining itself, and just waiting for the next instruction. <laughs> That's beautiful. And that reminds me another another Philip K. Dick uh, based movie, AI, by also Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that does this beautifully. It does go yeah, I don't know, right. a million that's years right. into the future, and we do see uh, kind of. We have become, our descendants become these sort of energy creatures, um, and there's a robot and stuff like that. It's beautiful. No spoilers. I won't spoil when actually. <laughs> um, Robert, thank you. Holy cow. Amazing. Um, Robert Journo, Robert Journo, <laughs> Robert Pepper, Auto Journo, um, L2SFBC, 
life's too short for boring cars. Yeah. <laughs> did I get that correct? That's amazing. Or, or, coffee or, 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 you know, you can replace the C with something else. Or Camrys. Camrys, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Camry, Camry. That's all you uh, – like yeah, look, life's too life's too short for cameras. Let, let's just <laughs> <laughs> you, you might as well just sit in a corner, look at a painted wall, yeah. you know, drink water, drink white bread, and go. Oh, let's have a tasty meal of boiled potato. Yeah. <laughs> I used to describe the Camry because they had all these rounded curves. I described it as the lozenge. <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um, so, Matt, uh, um, do you have anything coming up that you'd like to plug? events oh uh, let's see here um no nothing imminent <laughs> all right i'll give a plug for somebody else it was you and i were talking about astronomy on tap recently and oh, i was yeah. noticing that mm-hmm. astronomy on tap uh which is all over the country that's right maybe even maybe even beyond um i didn't realize it there everywhere so um a fun organization i'm looking forward to checking out they have they have a show coming to williamsburg um but uh, yeah if you're interested on that they're a fun group and uh, you, man, you have uh, spoken at their fun uh, events. Yes, I've worked with them uh, a few times. They're um, uh, they're good folks. Yeah. So if you're yeah. in New York, yeah, go to the one in Williamsburg next week. Uh, but wherever you live, actually, you can just Google Astronomy on Tap, name of your town, um, and there might be something yeah. exciting going on. I know, uh, Robert. Anything you'd like to plug? Plug your YouTube channel. But uh, so, is there any other things coming up uh, you're putting online? You're doing in public? You'd like to plug? Uh, look, just just generally, if you are into cars and specifically four-wheel driving, four-wheel drive recovery, racing fast cars on racetracks and towing and tech-like styling and everything else, and um, don't mind the occasional diversion when I make a video about helicopters, then yeah. um, please come over to my channel. Um, about 40% of my audience is American. Um huh? Unfortunately, not all of them can actually understand my accent, and I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, I might need to learn to say Nissan instead of Nissan. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. So, 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 so if you enjoy what, if you might enjoy my particular flavor and take on the things automotive. I don't. Robert Pepper, Auto Journal on YouTube. Um, and, uh, for those of you who are Patreon subscribers and only Patreon subscribers, you get access to our special bonus conversations, extended episodes only for our Patreon listeners. Um, if you don't know what Patreon is and you want to become one of those exciting people who we call super ifers for becoming a Patreon member, if you want to be a super iffer, if you want to drink out of a mug that has our logo on it, well, I can't imagine anything more exciting than that. We don't, we don't yet have... Oh, we need like bumper stickers for your self-driving car. Oh yeah, that's I've right. had. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody has a bumper sticker that says "My other car is a self-driving." But the thing car. is, Philip, no one's going to notice because they'll just be looking at the screens in the self-driving car. That's and, right. That's know, right. There's yeah. no point putting a bumper sticker on it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Remember, not just another quaint thing to remember about the old days. Yeah, exactly. Back stick. in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Patreon supporters uh, get all kinds of fun merch, and uh, depending on what level you're at, there's something for it. Every and uh, everybody gets extended bonus content. So check it out: Patreon.com/slash/WhatTheIf. And while I'm at it, so uh, Robert is in a uh, a group I run. If you are on Patreon, I know some of our listeners are. If you have a podcast or you do any kind of science or technology-based content creation, 
Um, uh, Robert and I uh, are in a group uh, with four Patreon, for people who run their own Patreon pages, um, and we'll be announcing it, uh, kind of rebranding in our group called the Science and Technology Content Creators Club, one of the A-clubs, or the A-club program. Look that up. Uh, you can email me for more. Um, anybody listening, feel free to email us at feedback at whattheif.com. Find us on Twitter at whattheifshow. We're also on Facebook. I've been terribly lax about keeping the Facebook page updated, but I'm trying to do that more often. Check that out. And uh, go to our, uh, scroll back on your app for other episodes you may not have heard. And, or you can also find all our episodes on our webpage, whattheif.com, where you can also, that's a great way to contact us. Just go to the webpage, type us a message in the little comment box, hit send, and that goes to us. Joy. Contacting us that way. So, um, Matt, will you explain to uh, Robert and uh, all our listeners uh, from down under and up over and over easy and sunny side up on the earth um, to what, what is our closing ceremony about? Our closing ceremony is, well, typically where we have sort of an existential crisis about the, the consequences of the if that we have created. Uh, and we end up having to uh, shout the name of the show in slow terror. So I think in this case, it's when we are energy beings in the distant future. Yes. And we really just want to go for a pleasant drive. But we realize that uh, our, our urge for automation has made it impossible. And we gaze out on the wrecked highways of our planet and have no choice but to shout. What? <laughs> thank you thank you it's the self-driving podcast thank you all for listening we'll see you next week drive safe ride safe <laughs>